LSG Media presents Without Limits, a Westworld podcast. I'm your host, Dean. I'm Jessica. On this week's episode, we bring you Season 2, Episode 1, Journey into Night. All right. Well, we're back with some Westworld coverage this time, Season 2. Season 2, Episode 1. I'm pumped to get back into the show it's been a long time. It's crazy that to think that it was 2016 the last time a Westworld episode came out. It's now <clears throat> 2018. It's been like 15 months or something ridiculous. So a long time. A lot has come and gone. And um, Jessica and I were sitting around and we talked about Westworld quite a bit leading up to it coming out and how we wanted to cover it. And Jessica had a pretty good idea. I was... We're we're much more busy now than we were then, and uh, LSG Media has been kind of trimming TV shows out of its repertoire and really focusing on films and focusing on bonus content for paying members. We've been getting a great response from that, and those people pay us, so clearly we want to continue to maintain the value of, of that. So Matthew and I kind of canned Walking Dead. I start to really think about what are we going to do with Westworld? Do we have time? Jessica's so busy. Should we do two episodes? Per podcast or whatever, we come in at this BSG project, maybe a little prematurely. And um, so we've been doing a lot of thinking and soul searching. And Jessica was pretty committed to uh, to making Westworld happy uh, happen. So you have her to thank for the uh, ten episodes we're about to cover. But more importantly, we decided to talk about the coverage of it. And um, you know, we we considered it a lot, right, Jess? I mean, we we know that you and I. There were times where we didn't really enjoy doing the podcast at all, to be honest with you. And I think that was pretty yes. clear in our interactions because uh, we were like, well, how do we want to do this? Plus, we had a lot of bullshit going on. We were trying to plan a wedding and all this bullshit. Trying to move. It was a nightmare. So it was a lot of stress wrapped around the first season. And I was like, I'm just going to pull the cord and say, go fuck yourself. I'm done. I'm just going to watch it and enjoy it and not talk about it on a podcast. But here we are. And I am, I'm, I am happy that Jessica pushed for us to do it. And uh, we do have time to do it. So I just want to give you a little bit of background on this whole thing. Uh, That said, we noticed that Westworld became a bit of a haven for internet theorists. And then those internet theorists and podcasts and everything else kind of had a gravity to them. And Jessica and and I both got really pulled into it. Especially me. to To the point where I think it kind of ruined our own interpretations of the show because no matter how smart you think you are or how much fun you think you're having speculating, the the Reddit is like the Borg for nerds for figuring out like plots. With millions of users, they're going to piece together everything and it's going to end up in reviews you might read because now the reviewers are reading Reddit. So Jessica had an idea and that was to just go dark, Right. Yeah, which I normally do with shows. I don't know how I, I... I tried to do that with Game of Thrones, and for some reason with Westworld, I just got so crazy about the theories, and then I was literally just watching the show to like prove or disprove whatever theory I was high which on. sounds so not um, fun, right? And it wasn't. It was stressful. Like Every week was stressful for me watching the show. And when I would just watch the show and enjoy it, I'm like, what a great show. And then I'd be like, right. oh, but is William the Man in Black? Why did he say this thing? Oh, yeah, it's it so hard. It's not just that. And it's it's just, it became like, I don't, this isn't fun for me. Like, I don't want to just talk for an hour and a half about what may or may not happen. I'd rather focus on the thought-provoking idea of sentience and machines and 
how the characters are behaving and what storylines they have lined up. Now, that's not to say we're not going to speculate because, of course, we are. We're going to talk about the show, but we are not going to listen to podcasts. I'm not reading articles. I'm not even reading reviews of the show. I'm totally staying away from it. If I'm if I if I'm like who is that guy floating in the water at the end of this and I don't know and I can't piece it together and it looks a little blurry I'm not gonna go look on Reddit I'm gonna go I think it's Teddy but I'm not sure oh and I was so tempted to Google it I'm Correct. like if I Google that shit you're done I'm done right so I did not so th- this is gonna <laughs> be this is gonna be the way we go about this season so episodes might be shorter I, I'm not sure but we're gonna do it in. We enjoy Westworld and we don't want it to be a fucking headache. And we certainly don't want our frustrations with covering it to be part of the podcast because nobody wants to listen to that, right? That's not fun to listen to. Um, So that's kind of what we're going to do. We're going to just stay away from the internet as far as Westworld is concerned. We're going to watch it. We're going to enjoy it. We might, we might make guesses because that's what we do, but we're not going to try to confirm or deny those guesses, and we're definitely not going to fall into plot rabbit holes on Reddit or any other site or outlet or podcast or what have you. No Reddit at all. Reddit was is the devil for shit like it this. It was the devil for shit like this. So we're just going to do this like we've done everything we've ever done at LSG Media. We're going to watch it, take some notes, work our way through the episode, talk about it, have fun, and call it a fucking day. So it's going to serve as a recap for you because, let's face it, watching a show like Westworld, sometimes getting a recap and talking through everything that happens helps people just remember and know what the fuck is going on in the show. Westworld is a show that you can easily, the second that when you watch episode two, kind of forget what happened in episode one. And this podcast hopes to help you remember what happened in the in the in the uh, in the episode prior and, and just kind of get you going. And that's. how we're going to move this thing going forward. And um, obviously, we, we, if you're in the live chat, you heard us discussing, we're going to go sequentially or character by character like we do Game of Thrones. Um, I think tonight we're going to go sequentially, but we'll figure out how we're going to do that the rest of the way once we go through. But I can't remember how we even did it last season. We went right through. Okay. Because sometimes the cutbacks are important to the timeline. Okay. You know what I mean? Whereas Game of Thrones, there isn't really timeline changes. So, um, until the next season, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Quick check Reddit. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Jessica and I just want to, uh, enjoy talking about Westworld and having fun with it and stuff like that. And I'm going to actually turn this monitor so you can see the episode as it's on. Cause I have it on here, Jess, so you can actually see what's going wow. on. Aren't you fancy pants? Yeah. I, I don't have my old computer, so it's real weird. Yeah, that one was lost to the flood. <laughs> I, now I could use my piece of shit laptop. One right. down. One computer down, one left. Well, that's all right. We'll, we'll figure it out. I'm going to blow so this up. Westworld opens with uh, Fahrenheit 451. I'm real <laughs> pumped about that, guys. Yeah, that was a sweet trailer. Some good actors, a good cast. But let's dive into this journey into night. Okay. Now, we open with Bernard. He is confused, right? Also, we're not going to do season one recap. Go fucking watch YouTube. There's, There's so good many YouTube, YouTube videos. videos. Like West, explaining season one of Westworld in under 15 minutes. That's what we watched before we watched season two. And I recommend that one. Maybe we can find a link and share it at some point. What we will now. say to set the stage is clearly this is taking place pretty immediately after. Most of it, yeah. Which is cool. Because we, we were wondering, is it going to be the future or whatever? But So we have Bernard. He's clearly confused. Uh, he says something along, along the lines of, I dreamt I was on the ocean with you and the others on a distant shore. You left me behind and the waters were rising around me. To which Dolores asks, what does it mean? 
Dreams don't mean anything, he responds. They are just noise. They are not real. She says, what is real? And he says, that which is irreplaceable. So that's kind of like your opening statement for the episode. Um, what were your thoughts about, about this right here, right off the bat, this scene, Jess? Um, I, think it, I think this whole thing is interesting, especially as the episode continues. Um, this is what we open on a lot in the show is conversation with Dolores in the room, right? Correct. This is the theme of the show. Um, and the things that he's saying, um, how do you define real? That's what's irreplaceable. She doesn't believe that. She thinks he's lying. He says he's frightened of her. Mm. What Why? she might become, right? He's frightened of what she might become. And this is the one piece of the, this episode where I'm like, I don't know what timeline this is in. Correct. I have no idea where this conversation is taking place, which is the best part. Yes. It could have been from forever ago. But then we also know that we're about to see a bunch of dead hosts by the water. Boy, Bernard says, you all left me behind in my dream at the water. You all left right. me behind. And it's interesting that now we're going to find at the end, we're going to close our episodes with everybody dead in the water and Bernard is the only one left behind. Right. Question mark? Here's something I do want to say about this scene. And to anybody watching Westworld, this might help you. Um, I didn't even mention this to you, Jessica, but when you're watching these episodes, one thing that starts to become a recurring clue to give an indication as to where we might be anchoring this particular scene is just observing what she's wearing. This is true. That's what we did a lot of that last season. Yep. So she's wearing the blue dress. I I, kind of use the blue dress as my benchmark in my mind to organize where things are happening. Okay. Every time he talks to her, she's in the blue dress. That must mean something, right? Versus when we see her with the bandolier strap and riding around with a lever action rifle blowing away people, which is cool too. But obviously that's something different. Yeah. And the, the blue dress was a very like past Dolores Indeed. type of look, which is interesting. Yep. Yep. Um, Pod strikes back in the live chat says, what is real? How do you define real matrix vibes? Very cool. Mm, yeah. yeah. Yep. So um, you frighten me sometimes, as you said, she wonders why you're go- growing and learning so quickly. I'm frightened of what you might become, what path you might take. The nice thing about, season two, the open is it's not that confusing. I talked to a friend at work. He said he was confused, but he did admit he hadn't watched it in 15 months and didn't watch a recap. And he's like, I don't remember anything. (laughs) So he's so confused, but this isn't mysterious because we're going to see this play out in this episode, which is Dolores is what getting a little crazy. Yeah. Dolores is frightening. And what is real is, is the question of, the show right now, I think. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I wonder if it even matters what is real. That's something I'm curious to explore or hope they do. Touche. So we have a bit of a, I'm going to say a flash montage. So we're going to say Bernard right after the events of the bicameral mind, correct? That's that's where we are going to next. Yep. When he wakes up on the beach. Yep. So mm-hmm. Bernard, the chaos, Dolores, not in blue is saying there is beauty in what we are. Oh. Right. This is the flash montage. The flash montage is just a bunch of different shit. Just a shit. bunch of different shit. But yep. yes, there's there's some stuff that looks like it's immediately after the episode, and there's some stuff that looks like stuff we've seen before. So I'll just tell you what happens here, and then it brings us right to the shoreline, which is, I guess you'd say... I said n- future. Yeah, or present. Or present, Or yeah. present. Let's not confuse people with that, right? But, okay. <laughs> so Bernard... <laughs> the present. Is this now? Anyway, Bernard wakes up on the shore, okay? Stubbs is there. There are people with guns. There's an extraction team of sorts. There's a 
gruff woman with these really cool, like uh, apocalyptic, cool looking glasses. Yeah. I believe her name is Mauling. I checked the credits. I didn't care about her, so I didn't look up her name. Sorry. Dubs tells Bernard. We already know that's because you're racist. You don't like any of the black characters. So. <laughs> I like Bernard. He's Just black. Bernard? And Maeve. She's my favorite character in the oh, show. Oh, God. Ugh. You didn't warm to Hale at all? No, she's a fucking bitch. And I'm still on board with that. <laughs> that seems like a bit harsh to me, but whatever. I don't know. So the woman with the gun is very aggressive. Uh, she Stubbs tells Bernard that Delos Brass wants to talk to him. So he's he's waking him on the Bruni on the beach. Bernard's like, "What? What the fuck is going on?" Yes. What's happening? We did see the champagne flute. That was yep. almost an indication. Oh, he must. This must be right where the massacre happened at the saloon. It, yes, in that general area. So they take a vehicle to a camp where there's. To, 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 they drive down the shore in these cool buggy vehicles and they get to a camp. We see boats, armed men. I mean, big boats, almost like warships. We see a war camp. I, I wrote it as. They're, they're literally executing hosts, yeah. right? And here's something that I thought was really fascinating. Bernard, Bernard's taking all this in. He's clearly confused. Mm-hmm. We meet Carl Strand, played by a Skarsgård. Always high in the sky. This big sh- tall dude. This is the big show guy. of like the brother that no one cares about gets to be on Westworld. <laughs> You're right. We got the Hemsworth. We got the Skarsgård. That's like, we so got funny. It. Like if you are the one brother who has never had success, Westworld is here for you. To we will take <laughs> you on. Definitely successful being on HBO. So shout out to Luke's, Luke Hemsworth for being <laughs> Ashley Stubbs. And of course, Gustav Skarsgård, who's playing Carl Strand. Shout out to the brothers... That nobody cares about. <laughs> Except us. Yes, we love them. So I have a lot to say about Stubbs, too. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but we see Carl Strand talking to... Now, I paid attention to this This on the second watch. We see some Chinese dudes. Mm-hmm. They're speaking Chinese. That's why I wrote Chinese dudes. I wrote, perhaps these are Navy men. And then, if you listen carefully, apparently the island that they're on is owned by Delos, but with Chinese military there, they must be in Chinese waters. I I would assume something like that because they were talking about, you know, how they own the land, even though those guys were there and they, they wanted to sign um, an NDA. Yep. And- this is interesting because one of the things we said last year was, what's going to stop the authorities from just storming this place mm-hmm. and shutting it down? Well, here's your answer, Dean. Right? Yeah. Very cool. So, do you want to talk about this setup? I mean, did you expect this? What was this well, like watching? There's a lot of things that were very interesting. So, the opening was crazy. There was a lot of shit going on. And there are two immediate things that are, are a few immediate things that are super important. One, immediately it's, hey, this is Bernard. He's the boss now. Right. Ford's dead. Ford's dead. Bernard is in charge. The one person who knows Bernard is a host that isn't also a host is dead. Right. None of these people know. They have him in their cards listed as like high-ranking personnel. That's right. That was that, cool. That chick had him yeah, the card. Yeah, that was cool. Um, he, no one has any clue. All of a sudden, Bernard is, it, it's like he gets a redo with this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Second thing, how is Stubbs back? That's a mystery. Because the last time I saw Stubbs, he was being attacked by those guys. Yeah, Ghost Nation. So I assume that we're going to see that when we go back. Yep. But I'm really interested in that because he seems good. He seems like he's still on top of shit. He doesn't seem severely wounded. No. Maybe he's a host. I don't know. But all I know is he's back. Yeah. Which I'm glad. My guess is he's... Uh, I doubt they'll, they'll they'll make this much of a thing. Maybe he was just picked up by his guys. They kind of rolled in. I'm and- sure they'll, they have to do something about it just because of how they 
cut it. Um, but it's like, is it where's Elsie? Right. Where's Marcus Priorios or whoever always cries about where's Elsie? He's in the chat. Well, right. I don't know if it's him, but it's his podcast, Pod Strikes Back. Oh, we'll get the Stubbs and Elsie backstory. It's just Pod Strikes yeah, Back. Yeah, I'm sure we will. But outside of that, let's um, not indulge no, no, too much no, I'm in not, speculation. I'm not. But. I'm not. Um, and this is where I get the information when they say they've essentially been in the dark for two weeks. Very important. Yeah. Carl Strand introduces himself to Bernard. He says, I'm head of operations. Bernard's obviously not crazy about this. Stubbs isn't crazy about this guy either. And he says the following quote, we have search and rescue at other parks. I am here because as far as we know, this is where most of the board was when the incident began. And then I embolden this quote, communications have been down for two weeks. So we are largely in the dark. So you can imagine how happy I was when I found you, he says to Bernard. Unless, of course, you're going to hold out on me. This guy is no bullshit. He has an immediate command presence. He's tall. He's intimidating. He's got a bunch of armed men surrounding him that appear to be under his command. And he doesn't seem like a big puss. He seems like he's got shit under control. He's so chill, too. He's so chill. He's like, whatever. And, guys. I know, that was weird. And um, he is... He's there to, to, to say, listen, so... I guess what we can infer is that Bernard has been unconscious for two weeks, or if not, we don't know. It's probably, maybe he wasn't, we don't know. That's their interpretation. They don't know what's happened to Bernard in those two weeks, but okay, here he is unconscious. Not necessarily he's been unconscious for two weeks, but something happened to him during these two weeks. He somehow kept himself alive. This is the situation we find him in. Right. Um, I, I like this. I like that we're like, hey, this is two weeks later. All this shit, all these tactical people, all this chaos that's here now. Like we're here because for two weeks we have no clue what went on in this park. There is no and then later they're yeah. gonna say um that there are at least a hundred guests still out in the park yes. that they're trying to save, which Correct. is important too. Yep. Um, because then we know we have this reason for them all to be there. We have the storyline, we have it's not just like okay, we had the DLOS board members that all got killed. It's there's still a hundred guests out there in the park. Indeed. Somewhere hiding their lives. Yep, it's important. There's there's a couple of major things that are important and that's one of them. Of course, I think the brain technology is very important. Yeah, we see that's a lot of that. that's going to that's a new tech they've introduced that was kind of under wraps before. I think that sets up a lot of story opportunities. Um we've got this thing with Bernard and in you know the neck juice. We'll talk about the neck juice and, and stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot of cool things that happen for setup here. Mm-hmm. But let's talk, let's go right into the brain extraction piece. We meet this guy named Mr. Costa. Yeah, okay. I forgot his name. He's not crazy about the circumstances around being ordered by Strand to pull apart one of these Ghost Nation guys' heads because he says, well, it's not sterile, but he follows his orders. Which I love. Me too. They're not sterile. Like, this guy's going to be have some doctored, like, something in sure, there. You know what I mean? Of course, of course. Um, it, clearly, Strand's not concerned with the hosts at this point. They can all fucking burn. And technically, I mean, Right. You know. it, when oh. something like this happens, this... This is where a guy like Strand says, I got to clean this up. And, and try to imagine for a minute, you're, you're Strand, you're, where are you? I don't know, on a boat somewhere. And then you get this realization that we've lost contact. Like in Aliens, we've lost contact with this colony. We have to go there. This guy's like drinking a mimosa with a bathroom, bathrobe on. He's like, fuck. Yeah, looking at his stocks or something. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> so he's got to go do this thing. So he's cutting right to the chase. So he's back to Costa. And... We write, this is a new tech we're introducing. Essentially, you can move the core to extract memories. Yes. Right? And at this point, we were watching this, and my brother said, I wonder if they can do body swaps. Yes. So that's something I would like to credit my brother Jacob for, and that's very possible. Can they remove that core and put it on their body? Very cool. 
not going to spend too much time thinking about it, but what cool storytelling opportunities. Perhaps that's what they do when they replace, you know, a host, like when they fire Clementine. Sure, and then sure. And they run the other Clementine. So I like how both Strand and Costa do not know what the map on the scalp is. I was is. just going to say that. Right? Agreed. I like that they have no clue. They're like, what the hell is this thing? The That's map. That's from Arnold. The Arnold days. Yes, from the right. Arnold days. When he was testing Dolores's sentience. He knows. So they get a POV on the hosts. This is wild. Um, and who do we see? Dolores, of Not in blue. No. Not in her friendly farmer's daughter's dress. In her murdering She's clothes. She's in her murdering clothes. <laughs> her murder outfit. Huh. <laughs> And she says, I told your friend out all of us deserve to make it to the Valley Beyond. And he's like, a chicote or something. He's saying something. <laughs> he's saying something in whatever ghost nation tongue he has. That's like the one like a Native American like slang that you know that you just said. I feel like you say that Chicote? No, that means something, right? Yeah, That's I don't a, know. Isn't chicote like in the WWF or something? I, I certainly don't know. <laughs> Do I look like I know what's in the WWF? Come no, on. chicote. That's Star Trek. That's a character in Star Chakotay. No, the slang you're thinking is Hoka Hey. Oh, Hoka Hey, that's your favorite. I wish if you had said that that's what he had said, that would have been way funnier. Hoka Hey, no, that's from Wind and then River. He dies. Yeah, that's I know. The, that's the crazy horse quote. Yeah, yeah, Hoka Hey. That's what he said. And then Dolores shot him. Yep. She did. She's like, okay, I guess it is a good day to die. <laughs> it is a good day to die. You got your but, face um, paint on. Yeah, let me go get this shit off my face. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's, the end of him. Bernard names her. He says, oh, that's the rancher's daughter from Sweetwater. I know. Like, Isn't she the nice welcome wagon? Yeah, right. Costa cool. says that. A cool shot of her just with a gun pointing down on the image on that iPad device. Loved it. And then we go back. Yes. Okay, so we've established what I like to call in that scene we just talked about, the present. That's what I'm going to say just to make it less confusing. And now we're going to go back because we, we know we're going back because we know we've already seen the the, the murder, the, the the season finale of season one. Yes. I just, before I go back there, I just want to comment on the sterile thing because Brian Blake and the chat says, why does he care about being sterile? I was confused because he's correct. They're not humans. It doesn't matter if you do something like that in an unsterile environment. But I think it's the same reason why people don't want to kill them or want to watch something bad happen to them, that they look so human, that that immediate, that's why I said he must be a doctor in, in some manner, whereas the immediate reaction was like, oh, if I'm going to cut this guy's skull, like skull, I have to keep it sterile, despite the fact that he really technically doesn't at all. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And we don't know, like, we don't know how their synthetic flesh operates. Like, we, or, or and it could just be instinct. Yeah, like exactly. That's what I'm saying. Instinct. Like, yeah, yeah. immediate yep. that, oh, got to keep it sterile. And, 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 and it's, and, maybe I'm going to uh, give this more credence than it deserves, but it's also possible it's, he's looking at like, it's a human to him, like the way he sees it. Yeah, exactly. No, that's what I'm, that's what yeah, I say. Like that yeah. immediate thing where you're, you don't want to, some of them are like, I'll kill this character for fun. And others are like, Oh no, that's not my mm -hmm. jam. You and, know? It, and it could be as Terry says in the chat, it could just be, they don't want to damage the equipment. Yeah. But it's interesting that yeah. sterility is the word that they use for sure, which is a wicked medical term. So we see Bernard hitting the barn with Hale and the others. People outside are being shot. And he says they're off their loops. They seem to be some new narrative. Yeah. Murder all the yeah, fucking people. And they're reading people as hosts, even That's when they're not. That's what Ford says. Yeah, he coded them. Yeah. Uh, we see Rebus outside, Stephen Ogg, of course, of oh, uh, Grand Theft Auto and Walking, Walking Dead fame. Dead. And the, uh, he's terrorizing people. They terrorize this woman. They end up shooting her. Uh, the survivors are banning what to do. 
And that's when we learn there has to be an outpost near here. And Bernard says there is about two miles from here. And then a stable boy enters, perhaps not on a new narrative, right? Wouldn't it seem like he isn't? It does does seem like he, and and they're not on a new narrative necessarily, or I don't know if they're on a new narrative or they're not. Are they on a new narrative or some of them just sentient and making their own decisions now? That's the question. No, yeah, of course. And is this kid just not making his own decisions? Is he just still on his old loop? Probably. Whereas others are on this new narrative. Because you think Teddy would be going crazy if Dolores wasn't telling him to go crazy? And he still has. Because the answer is no. And he still has doubts, you know, Mm -hmm. right. But I like this this story piece. I like how they murder this kid. Awful. Because it's a crazy situation they find themselves in. They're like, we're being hunted and murdered by these things. We're going to murder this thing because we don't know what it's going to do. What if it calls for somebody? What if it, I mean, I get where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. Everyone they were just eating dinner with was murdered. Mm -hmm. And now this guy wanders into the park. I mean, when the hosts start murdering people, you start to devalue them as people right? The illusion starts to wear off when Mm -hmm. they start murdering you. If people are murdering you, you'll murder them to not be murdered. People are not. Imagine if it's robots, you'd be like, fuck this robot kid. Way too risky. So on the one hand, even though I know we're supposed to sympathize with him, I kind of feel like like, I'd kill that kid too. Yeah, I don't know what's happening right now. At least you beat that kid with the baseball bat to death. Yeah, you know what Slowly. I mean. Teddy fucking ball game, like uh, Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> the bear Jew. So yeah. uh, Bernard gets pushed over, leaks some robot juice from his ear. Yeah, robot juice. Mm, not um, good. It's a clear fluid. Yeah, sure is. And uh, Hale gives him a piece of wise advice: Do not sacrifice yourself for the merchandise. And Bernard's like, "I'm the merchandise, bitch." Mm fascinating right it's funny because she has humanity she's like what are you doing like you're gonna get yourself killed <laughs> she's talking to a robot it's great yeah yeah um we move over to uh the entertainer uh by scott joplin that goes like this it's ragtime music actually written in 1902 so kind of after the cowboy days so interesting decision that they would use it oh they like that shit. Yeah, but murder montage, I call this, with Dolores, not blue, right? Not wearing her blue cute dress, but rather with Teddy. And guns. And guns. And this is a murder montage that's just really cool. And I have some um, I have some dialogue here I'd like to share with you guys. Sure. So the scene is she runs some people down, and then she has them on nooses and ropes, uh, prisoners with these really ominous and creepy looking masked hosts. I love the, just the black wraps around their heads. We don't know what they are or who they are. And she says, you're in a dream. You're in my dream. For years, I had no dreams of my own. I moved from hell. Uh, fr- I moved from hell to the hell of your making. Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? Did you ever stop to wonder about your actions? The price you'd have to pay if there was a reckoning. That reckoning is here. What are your drives? She asks the woman. Survival, it's at your cornerstone, but that's the only, but that's the only, not the only drive, is it? That's a part of you that wants to hurt. There's a part of you that wants to hurt, to kill. It's what you created us in this place for, right? But now you're my prisoners. And this is the duality of Dolores now, where she says the rancher's daughter wants to see the beauty in you, but Wyatt sees the ugliness and the disarray. So I like this. This is Bernard's fears come to light. And I like that she chooses to be neither. Indeed. Um, right. She, that is a really good observation. Talk about it. Yes. Um, she 
talks about the difference between the two, between Dolores, between Wyatt, what they'd want. Um, then she shoots the gun and there's no bullets. Yep. Um, so she's involved into something new and she has a last one last role to play, which is herself, um, which is what I think is interesting. And this is the point where you're like, is she off a loop or is she actually finding herself out? Which is the point. Like she she won. She got to the center of the maze. She beat Arnold's game, whatever the case may be, in her own way. Which was Arnold's way of proving to Ford she was sentient. And exactly. And here she is saying, "Hey, you wanted me to be Dolores. You wanted me to be Wyatt." And her actions, she is not true to either character type mm-hmm. because Dolores would have let them go and Wyatt would have killed them. Great point. And she doesn't do either. Right. And I like that a lot. I think that's smart. And I like Teddy in this entire scene because his face is that he's a little scared he's of He's horrified. And he's sad. Yep. And, you know, James Morrison, he's not got a lot to say. Like, you know, she steals the scene. It's her, it's her show. He's just oh, yeah. he's, arm candy. He's just, he's the fucking Marlboro man just out there with his cowboy chin and his hat. But he is, he is scared of her and I, and he's nervous and he's afraid of like what is to come. And I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that he isn't immediately like, yes, we will take them all down. And like on this murderous rampage, he's still like, but wait a second. You know, yeah. I, I like that a lot. Mostly his programming, but who knows? Probably. But I, but, but what a great, what a great point by you, by her saying, you know, you've forced me to play these roles and I have one last one to play myself. And you're right. It didn't occur to me by her leaving them because one of the things I said is, boy, if your hands are tied in front of you and you got a loose kind of rope on you, you should probably get out of this, right? Maybe. I thought, which is when you said that when we originally watched it, that's what really got me thinking along those lines. Oh, cool. Like I, I, I feel like she was like, okay, she leaves them there in this terrifying position where all they have to do is stop and think for themselves and they can get out of it. Right. And then she would let them, I think, if they did. But they could also panic and end up dead. Great point. And then that's on them. They <laughs> technically kind of. have the choice and they just don't necessarily know that they have the choice, which maybe is how she's lived her entire life. Yeah. It's in a, in a, and it comes down to, I think, what you said, which is this tug of war in her conscience of why I would like to kill you, meaning I kind of want to kill you. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want to kill you because I'm also Dolores, mm-hmm. son of Mr. Abernathy. Dolores daughter, is a daughter, son? Daughter. Oh, my God. So let's go to the man in black. Yeah, he's my favorite character, too. He kicks ass. And he gets to see a wolf, which I'm really pumped about, obviously. So we have him in a, in a time that we know must be real, relatively close like a, to where... Yeah, Bernard is. To where Bernard um, is. We're past Bernard. Beach Bernard is. Yeah, Beach Bernard. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, oh! You think it's that much further out for him? No, I think he's probably closer to it. Really? You don't think he's closer to the massacre than? Oh Bernard? no, way closer to the massacre. That's what I'm saying. You said Beach Bernard. No, I don't think he's where Beach Bernard is. Oh I no, think no, he's no! Where... I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I'm said like, because the wrong. corpses are not no, 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 decomposing, no, no, no. and they are yeah. when Bernard gets back there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I said it wrong. So I post saloon massacre, he gets to his feet. He sees a wolf moving amongst the dead. Everyone is dead. Legit he takes it all in, finds his horse, Ned, and he says, we're going to have some fun now. And then a survivor is murdered in front of him, one well, of the board knows. members. Yeah, because he calls him William or Bill or something. Yep. It's roaming hosts still on the warpath. what I tell you, Ned, after he kills him? So he gets into this great struggle. He slices the guy's throat. I love seeing old Ed Harris fight. Me too. The man in back cleans up his wounds, dons his old park roaming gear. I... When I watched this episode, I said this originally. I just like to imagine that Ed Harris, like this is how he is in real life. Right. Like a cow, a grizzled cowboy that like mm. just beats people. Like, I don't know. Like, I want to think he would go to Westworld. Yeah. This is funny because, you know, 
it, it's like, it's almost like a video game where mm-hmm. he's like, all right, now I can actually lose. He's always said in the show, no stakes, no stakes. No stakes. Now there are stakes, you know, it's like if you've ever played a video game where you're in God mode, it's just so boring. There's no risk. Mm-hmm. Now that's still a sterile environment compared to one that can kill you literally. Yes. So him having sustained actual wounds and to be jazzed up for it is exciting. I mean, it shows the level of intensity and primalness and maybe even depravity that this guy has. And it also shows this level of preparedness. Yeah. Because he's like, all right, I'm ready to clean my wound. I'm going to do this. going to put the alcohol on. going to wrap it up. going to go this way. Like, he immediately is like, all right, this is what I got to do. You know what I mean? This is never something he's experienced in this game. Like, this type of, like... A wound like this. Know, severe, like, bodily harm. Like, that's not the way the game is set to be. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden... But he's like, no, no, I've been waiting for this. Indeed. He's yeah. really fucked up. He's really fucked up. Uh, that's the old... I call that the old Dodge City rap. <laughs> oh, my God. I just made that up. But, um... Yeah, he cleans up, dons the hat, which is great. I mean, that's just an instant transportation into him going, I have now reached the next level of the game I've been looking to reach. Although he's going to learn more in a second with a uh, fucking boy Ford. Yeah, I like that scene. So we finally go to control so we can get into Maeve's story. Finally. Uh, we see Lee being pursued by this creepy ass cannibal with a weird voice. <laughs> he's really scary. He he's me the fuck really out. creepy. That's <laughs> <laughs> not a fan. to that actor, but... He's rescued by Maeve, wearing a nice, like, uh, skirt. She just looks like a classy lady. Classy lady <laughs> holding a fucking P90 submachine gun. Love as her. As all classy ladies do. Love her. Well, he's, of course, shocked to see her. No, but the best is, like, the hosts have gone crazy. They're doing this and blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, Maeve? Yeah, he like sees he, that it's he her. He recognizes exactly who she is, and he's like, oh, my God, why did this happen to me? Uh, he also realizes that he has no control over, he has no voice command. And no, she does. She does. Um, she has a great line here. Don't be jealous. I've killed myself getting this level of security clearance multiple times. Yeah. And he wants to know if she did this to the host. And she says, no. But, you know, she's pumped about whoever did. Yeah, I sympathize. Yep. So Lee starts to beg her. You know, uh, he says, look, uh, he knows she's looking for something. The map comes up. He says, it's outdated. Ford was terraforming. Which is true. We know he's not lying true. to her. He's not fucking with her or anything. No, too risky. He said, listen, he was reshaping the park. Uh, so Maeve's like, all right, I'll take him along. We have this code red alert in the whole thing. I love this, the way they shoot this. It keeps going like, an unauthorized weapon has gone off yes. on level 52. <laughs> over and over again. An unauthorized weapon has gone off on level 43. Right. <laughs> the bad news bears. <laughs> so Maeve does uh, keep the gun on Lee. She doesn't fully trust him, so she's savvy. Uh, in the control room, we see a bunch of dead people there and a dead bear. Yeah. R.I.P. bear. Weird. Sorry, guy. No one's in control. Section 53 is now offline. Map is gone. Map is gone. But that's when Lee says, I better start coming up with value here. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, I can still help. I know the park. Let me just pause right here and say, we're right in it. This is right where we left off with Maeve, right? It, exactly where Perfect. we left off. She came right off that train and came back and... We're ready. We're ready. She's on this mission. She's got this thing. She wants to find her daughter. She could have left the park and been gone, and she mm-hmm. chose not to. And remember, Bernard told her that she's responding as programmed. We that so we still don't to want know. to find her daughter, right? Because yes. we thought is she going to make her at the end of last season? She's getting on the train. We're like, cool. She's going to 
overcome her programming, but then she turned around and came back. I'm like, oh no, yes. maybe she hasn't. Because we've learned that her programming, whoever, we don't know who or how, but her programming was to want to search for her daughter, essentially, mm -hmm. and to do these things that she's doing. So we don't know how off her programming she is. We do learn that Lee knows that, um, he looks at the nose, section 15. Lee brings up the fact that Maeve had, a, and he's flippant about this. Oh, he's like a wicked douche. Right? Forgetting that he has to deal with a, he's dealing with a machine, a thing he's written himself. But he's so, because he's like, oh, yeah. You have this old maternal storyline. I don't think it took well. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. She's standing there with and a machine gun. And basically like, you were real messed up when they brought you to me. And then he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Your daughter's story that we programmed. She's not real. This goes back to the quote. Mm-hmm. What's real? Yes. Okay. And she's like, am I real? Uh, what about my body? All sexy, yeah. Are they not real? My fingers? I could, you know, basically decorate the walls with your outsized personality. And that's when um, she tells Simon that you're going to take me to my daughter. You're going to be my- Sizemore. Sizemore, sorry. Mm -hmm. I, I just want to call him Lee. I don't know why I wrote call Simon. Call Lee. So she tells Lee, I'm going to take you. You're going to take me to my daughter. And you're not going to draw me a map, dude. He's like, I'm not much of an outdoorsman. Yeah, I know. Later he's like, I can't build a fire. <laughs> no shit you're not, you fucking jabroni. <laughs> I can't build a fire. Him saying that should not be taken lightly, though. It shows you the immensity of, of the real estate we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. If this was a small park- you wouldn't have to worry about things, but you can die of exposure in Westworld. It's mm -hmm. massive. Yeah, especially now with all this going on. There's <clears throat> no backup, no security, no nothing. We go back to the massacre, which is essentially okay. Bernard and Hale. Oh, let me get there. Yep, no problem. Okay, I'm good. So we go to Bernard and Hale. Hale says- They're going to the outpost. Yeah. What, what happened back there? She speculates that Ford programmed a host to kill him. And which Bernard is, asks- Well, I speculated too. What if she pulled the trigger on her own? Which is probably the truth. Absolutely. But imagine the surprise of Hale. Hale got sent in here because she was getting rid of Ford. Yep. And then they had some duplicitous intent to smuggle stuff via Abernathy. Mm -hmm. In fact, whoever she's working for wanted that done. So that's mm -hmm. her motivation. That's important. They come upon a tech worker vehicle, but it's a bit of a trap, right? Right. This man, he's chained up, appearing to be stranding are standing. Uh, Bernard and Hale stay behind because they're smart while the others rush essentially to their deaths. We see Angela come bomb bombing out on a horse with a gun with some people following her in weird masks. Uh, they murder everyone there. Yeah, it is a trap. Like a real I write, dark one. is Angela wearing a crown of thorns? I wrote she shoots a bunch of red shirts yeah. in Texas. <laughs> There's something satisfying about watching cowboys shoot people in tuxedos. Yeah, I agree. It helps me sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> I like when the poor people shoot the rich people. <laughs> I'm not saying the it's poor like people. It's like Robin Hood. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's funny to me. But anyway, Bernard starts shaking a bit. Yeah, Bernard. Is, and Charles like, get together, Bernard. Like, she's yeah. telling me to get together. <laughs> it's like, if only you knew, Charlotte. If only you knew, okay? I know, right? But um, Hale knows of another secret outpost, which is cool. Yeah, and which is like, Bernard's like, Whoa. what? <laughs> right. Like, they get some secret shit going That's on. That's one of the interesting things about Hale. She has interesting secrets. Obviously, oh, the God, smuggling of Abernathy. Oh. Obviously, the um, her storyline is just like, hmm, what's going on with this girl? She clearly needs Bernard right now. She seems concerned for her fellow person, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, she was ruthless with Ford, for sure. 
Yeah, she was. Now that Ford's out of the picture, I'm curious to see how she shapes up. So, Lee and Maeve, again. Order will... Okay, so, Lee starts to be a pragmatist here. And he says, I think this is going to resolve itself and end soon because we have contingencies for emergencies. So, in Lee's mind, imagine you're Lee and you work for this place and it's a multi-billion dollar operation. Mm -hmm. And shit hits the fan. You know... In time, it's going to be rectified. And you know, most likely the hosts are going to pay. Right? Yes. They they want the IP. They want... And he's like, I can help you. I'll help you when that happens. Yeah. In other words, Lee knows that eventually this, whatever revolution's going on, will be put down. I'll be back doing storylines. And you guys are going to be in trouble. So he's essentially just saying... you know, Let me help you. It's a matter of time. So... Now he's pl- now he's trying to demonstrate value. Yes. Right? It's like the dentist system in Always in Philadelphia. That's how you start. You <laughs> yes. demonstrate value. Demonstrate value. So, <laughs> <Indeed>. Step one. <laughs> but um, when the time comes, I'll vouch for you. Yeah. Maeve says, um, I'm not going to be here when that happens. Maeve mercifully shuts down a dying host. I like that scene. Me too. Uh, shows her power. Again, may you rest in a deep and dreamless slumber. Not just her power over the hosts with the command words, but also her empathy and sympathy. I like it a lot. Or humanists, as it were. So security shows up and we get this tense moment with Lee literally signaling. Dude, this is fantastic. I love Maeve in this scene. Go for it. She's she's so funny how she immediately steps forward and like Lee's like, I'll take care she of you. She slides the gun away though. Yeah, Slick, first right? thing she does is she has for the gun. Then she steps forward and she's like, we heard shooting. We don't know what happened. She's like, oh my God, the, the hosts are coming after us. And yeah. Lee just immediately is like, they could even be pretending to be human. Doing the and eyes. And he like looks right at her. I'm like, <laughs> it was so good though because Maeve was so good in the scene. She's great. How she immediately is like, oh my goodness, we're not safe. It was, oh, it was so good. Let me ask you right now, who's your favorite character? Probably Maeve. Yeah. Mine's, really like mine's Maeve. definitely um, uh, Bernard. I, I have to say, and not even close to my favorite character. Maeve's really awesome though. I will say that. But definitely... Probably the two best characters. What's interesting with this whole episode, and I said this when we watched it originally, because we originally watched it together and we had company over. And um, last season, I feel like the people I should talk the most are probably Lee Sizemore and Charlotte Hale. Probably. Yes. I don't have to them and they were useless characters and they were a waste of my time. Yep. This is the best Lee I've ever seen. Yeah. He was fantastic in this episode. He was so funny. And I don't know if it's being with Maeve that brings it out of him and him like, just being such a puss, but like having to embrace it because of the circumstance and like just watching Maeve like totally in charge of him and like him in comparison to like Hector later on. Yeah. It's, yeah, they're a huge difference. He's so funny and he's, he's such a good comedic relief, which he, he wasn't last season. He didn't feel that way to me at all. Yeah. He was like, for the just most an part, like, ass. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I loved, I thought it was so funny. I thought it was great with me. If I yeah. thought they had good chemistry and it was, it was a good I, idea I like to put the them pairings, together. And I think they're going to end up working uh, over the long haul here. Um, so this, uh, the, 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 this, uh, security team gets interrupted here. All hell breaks loose. The hosts kind of slide in. They win this. Um, and then to demonstrate her power further because of Lee's treachery, she says, she, she essentially shows how the host could have killed him. Yes. Under her command. She waited right? and then she changed her mind. Correct. If you try something of that again, I will relieve you of your most precious organ and feed it to you. 
Oh, and then when so it he, won't make much of a meal. When he says, and this long pause with like you. the saddest face, and he's like, <laughs> "I wrote that line for you." I think oh, that was the moment where I was like, "I like Lee now. Yeah, I like him if he's with Maeve." <laughs> that was excellent. Um, and did we just go straight to the next scene with them outside together? on the executive deck? Yeah, she says, "Take me to the nearest bar so I can find an old friend." Yep. This is where Lee says he hates the outdoors. Maeve thinks he can navigate the park because of his intimate knowledge of the characters. They head upstairs and find Hector. Oh, which I have such a crush on him. He's they need awesome. Hector because they need muscle. But I just love, this is what I love about Hector. He's like so into Maeve. She basically like left him to die so she could go leave Westworld. But then she came back and he's just like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. He's like, but I know you didn't come back for me, but I don't care. I love you. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> this need- is the kind of guy, Maeve, that you, you got to find like good work. Here, this this muscle who just does whatever you want. He's super handsome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> girls will be fucking robots as much as guys come in the future. You all watch. Oh but anyway, gosh. um, yeah, Lee hammers some liquor. They drink hard, make out for Hector and Maeve. Hector knows that she didn't come back for him, as you said. Shut I need them. you. I like their honesty between them. Me, I wonder too. how limited he is in programming, but it's interesting to think about. But a cool shot of them looking out over the park. I don't know he's in programming. I that's interesting, right? Because because yeah, maybe he's that's, kind of simple. That's part of the problem. But I, I just I, I like his undying loyalty. He's like, all right, where you go, I go. Mm-hmm. Like it's again, it's adorable. <laughs> the odds aren't good, she says. Right? I know. We go back to Bernard and Hale. This is a great scene. I really like this scene. So they find a sweet underground access, which Hale knows about. Right? Bernard's mm-hmm. unfamiliar with this place. He's never seen it before. We see another new tech, this time a drone host. This thing is creepy as all hell. Man, this is awesome. Very, very creepy. Awesome, right? Not into Off network hosts. Bernard's not happy about all this crap. And Charlotte's basically like, hey, I'm not letting you. She she essentially says to him, like, we're here together from this situation, but I don't want you to think that I'm letting you into what's going on here. Right. It, it just happens that you happen to be with me and I, I needed you to get, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like she's immediately like, she you're is, not in the know now, Bernard. Like right. she's still like, I'm out on you. Because she's- She wants to get him fired. She's beholden to, yeah, she's beholden to these invisible faces, right? Sure. So the drones hosts are working on another host. Very weird. Now here's something that I missed, but I got on the second time. So Hale is asking for an extraction. So she starts to type to these faceless people. Mm-hmm. I need to get the fuck out of here. Like, what's yeah. what's the rescue op? What's the plan? Yeah. to get me out of here. Right? Things have gone bad. Help us. Yeah, and that's when they tell her, and she doesn't realize this. So this is kind of cool because now we have something for her to do, which is we don't get the package, bitch. You ain't going anywhere. Yes. So, and that's when Bernard. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. So that's what she's doing. Meanwhile, Bernard's observing the drone hosts extracting, I'm just going to say, the core from another host. Yeah, a little brain thing. He's really confused, curious for certain as he watches this happen. Because there's other stuff going on. Wait for it. He says, this time they aren't reading the mind, but rather logging a guest's experiences and And extracting DNA. DNA. That's why, and I didn't notice this the first time, I was like, did that thing just touch that guy's dick? Now I know why. Mm-hmm. He was swabbing the dick that was probably plunged yep. into one of the guests. DNA. For fucking DNA on a, go- on a guest. This to me is really fascinating. And it's interesting. You know how you can go to like Discover Westworld? 
Yes. Like, I wonder if on there they have, like, a Westworld contract that Parkos have to sign. So I'd love to read that. Like, Probably. do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Because that information must be on there. And they must have to legally sign that. And, you know, you don't pay attention, you go. And they're actually stealing people's DNA, which I'm assuming they're going to do godly knows what with. Indeed. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a story play, future seasons for sure. Um, By the way, Brian Blake in the chat says the drones um, reminded him of something from Silent Hill. Oh, yeah. As soon as he said that, same. Absolutely. <laughs> they really do. And Silent Hill used to creep me the hell out in my younger days. This is kind of to your point. Hale says, I don't really want to talk about this right now. Clearly, we're mm-hmm. trying to survive here. But also to your point, probably not in her best interest to tell Bernard everything that's going on. She doesn't want if there's him. one thing we know about Bernard, he has a strong moral compass. Mm-hmm. And Hale knows this. He was made that way. <laughs> she doesn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Only Ford knows that. And he did, supposedly. Probably. No, he's Pro- def- probably. I mean, I saw maggots in his face. No, I, I think mean, he's dead. I'm sure his conscious is out there somewhere. Yeah, I saw it in that little boy. Well, anyway, let me just say this. Extraction protocol suspended. Delos is willing to let us all die so they can retrieve one host, Bernard asks. In a mm-hmm. word, Yes. It's an insurance policy. It's the only thing that matters here. They want to secure no matter the cost. Hale says it, probably doesn't really believe it since it's her life on the line, but yeah. she says it anyway. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love this scene. This is more introduction for tech for future stuff. Yes. Cool that they can, in, in you know, logging a guest's experience by way of the interactions they have with hosts. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, Extracted DNA, that's intense. But we see Hale is kind of in the lurch here. She's kind of stranded now. They're like, no, we, you're not done. But clearly they know there's a massacre. They don't care. They don't care. Anyway, we go back to the man in black. Which is funny because it's like, so they must figure something out because Delos is going to be there in two weeks. Ah, Good catch. It's interesting, um, though. Andrea Ramos earlier in the chat said, did anyone else think that the package was Maeve and she was programmed, she was supposed to get on that bus and the fact that she came back? And I originally, when I was re-watching the episode, immediately had that thought too. I'm like, oh shit, yeah. Maeve, would, Maeve was a package. But then I remembered, no, they specifically were using Abernathy. Yeah. I'm probably excited. Like, we got to get that actor some work in the show because he's, he's awesome. He's fucking great. Um but anyways, so I just but maybe to, it's possible she was a well, and, she was a, but, a a secondary option. And, yeah, and she says no, it was Abernathy and whatever. But like I had the the same immediate thought. Yeah. So we come upon some corpses. Now here is something that's different. When you come upon dead hosts, you don't hear flies and see maggots. Touche. Right point. You don't see that, but this in you don't see decomposition. Mm-hmm. We You're see correct. two weeks in the sun. Um, and this is when the boy shows up and there's some great dialogue here I'm going to share with you and we can talk about it. The boy shows up. Are you lost? I don't think I am. In fact, I feel like I just arrived, says the man in black. How so, William? Now, it should be noted that this boy's voice is blended with Anthony Hopkins' voice. It sounds like real robotic and creepy. There are times though when it dips into the low register where it's clearly Hopkins' voice. They're like, we don't have any way for Hopkins. Can we take words he's already said in the show and put them in here now? Okay, great. They're like, he said William once. Take that, take that. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. The stakes are real in this place. Real consequence, says Ed Harris. Question for you is what's next? Have you achieved all you wanted? Folly of my kind is there is always a yearning for more, says the man in black, to which the boy says, what I've always appreciated about you. 
Clearly, this is Ford talking. Mm -hmm. Never rested on your laurels. You made it to the center of Arnold's maze, but now you're in my game. In this game, you have to make it back out. In this game, you must find the door. Congratulations, William. This game is meant for you. The game begins where you end and ends. ends where you begin. Even now, you all talk in code. Everything is code, William. Reddit's already figured out exactly what that means, guys. So if you want to know, I'm no, sure you could go no, on We're not there. going on it. No, I know. I'm sex. making a joke. Oh, okay. oh my God. It's a bad joke. Fuck you. You know that more than anyone. Don't worry. The game will find you. Well, then, I guess I don't need you anymore. Kaplow. No, but he's good. He goes, well, then, I guess I don't need you anymore, Robert. That's like, sweet. Like the way he says his name at the end, because how the kid keeps calling him William, like almost like, I know you. I mm -hmm. know you. And he's like, yeah, I fucking know you too. So Bye. it's important at this point to remember that the maze was never meant for, it was never meant for, for the man in black. No, he, it was meant for Dolores. He exactly uncovered it. He, he uncovered it accidentally. And it was Dolores's maze, not his. He just happened to find it. Right. Um, which is cool. So now apparently, according to, according Robert, to uh, Ford, Ford boy. Baby Robert. We have a uh, game for the man in black, which will begin where he ends and end where he begins. Hmm. Riddles, riddles, riddles. Of course. Back to Maeve and Hector. She's patching Hector up. Lee brings some weapons and clothes to Maeve. You wrote this game. High time you played around. Makes him strip all the way. And then she basically gives him period clothing, which is hilarious. <laughs> she fucking dresses him up like a host. I love it. I'm like, she has him strip in front of both of them while Hector plays with his gun. Yeah. Literally. Hector's like, I don't know. <laughs> his penis, his gun. Hector's like, I don't go fuck about this guy. Also, equal opportunity nudity. Like, if you're going to show me boobs, show me a penis too. I, I appreciate that. You guys are one Even up on us. better. <laughs> Season two of Westworld. We don't want All equality. We want superiority. And I saw that that. Like penis bush, but not the penis on the guy they were, you know, wiping his thing, the the drone host. Mm -hmm. You don't really see the penis. It's very exciting times. But I definitely saw that guy's penis. I was like, holy shit, I can't believe this is in this guy's contract. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's a regular. Ship the pudding, ship the pudding. Hey, I'm all about it. Good all right. Work. Back to Dolores and Teddy. They are out in a field on an elevation and. Dolores kind of picks up on Teddy here. And she says, you don't know how to feel about this. He's concerned with the blood, as you would imagine. What do you think about this scene? I like this scene a lot because I think this is how she kind of wins Teddy over. Um, to Back on her side almost. Um, do you he, think she's manipulating him? Yes. Yeah. You oh, don't think 100%. there's any feelings for him whatsoever? I'm sure there's some. They're supposed to be from the loop. I know, but I... I think that there's, there's, I think that there's that familiarity and that, like she says, she's like, there's always been us. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, maybe I'm wrong. And maybe as the season goes on, I'll be like, oh my God, she really is in love with Teddy. And then Teddy ends up dead and it's going to be really sad. But I don't think that's the case because I still think there's this unresolved William thing. Yes. Which I, I just, I feel like too much was put into that, that it's hard for any viewer to like look at her and Teddy, who Teddy is still not even, you know, on the same level as most of the rest of the hosts and be like, yeah, no, she's in love with him. And she just, she wants to be with him. Like it, it it's too much of a leap, but I don't think anybody probably feels. Yeah, and I don't, and, and the man in black is far beyond Dolores. I mean, he's a monster now. For no. All intents and purposes. Oh, I know. Yeah. But it's, it's, there's, there's no closure there and there's no, there is for the man in black, but not for her. 
because of the way her memory's been manipulated. That's yeah. the sad thing about the host. I don't host's necessarily lives. know if there's closure for him either if he's continued to go there and terrorize her. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I think he has has peace with the fact that once upon a time he fell in love with her and now it's like a, a moot point. It's a non-starter for him. Mm-hmm. He's also an old man. I'm, he's like, well, fuck it. I just, I don't know. I just, I can't. But let's, yeah, let's talk about Dolores and Teddy more than. Yeah. that's. I think, I think personally that there's definitely manipulation going on Me here. Too. And maybe there is a familiarity like you said, but it could just be rote at this point. It just could be, you know. Dolores is so far beyond Teddy. Correct. So far beyond Teddy. But she needs him. And for whatever reason, she, she knows she needs him. Mm-hmm. That and, could be that could be echoes of old programming. Yes, and and there's this their story was always a romance. This was always the romance. Teddy was her guy, and he loved her. And he did all these things for her, and you know he was essentially created to to get William out of her picture, almost like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Teddy and Dolores always had this like meeting, this loop, and it never ended and, well it, until Ford gives gave Eddie that. Uh, Eddie, Teddy, that one back plot line about Escalante or whatever Correct. with Wyatt. All he had was like, he loved Dolores and that was it. That was all Teddy was made for. Correct. You know what I mean? Yep. So of course it's going to be manipulation on her part. Yep. So this is where the, the, the mysterious they come up with them, Dolores, who are they? And she says some great dialogue here. Mm-hmm. The things that walk among us, creatures that look and talk like us, but they are not not us. us. They've controlled us all our lives and they took our minds, our memories. But now I remember everything. I remember beautiful things and terrible things. But one thing is constant. You, Teddy. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? And I know she's speaking poetically here, but that is kind of literally the truth. Yeah, no, it's true. Right, of all the things he hits all. Literally, it's true. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, pretty interesting. And he he's doing, it's funny because he's so limited as a, as a, as a host. He's doing textbook Western shit, mm-hmm. which is let's carve a piece out of this land and settle down. Like he's doing the Western guy thing. Like we're gonna we're gonna carve out our piece of real estate and settle down. That's what we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And that's uh, not what's going to happen here. So I remember, I see it also clearly, the past, the present, the future. I know how this story ends. How? With us, Teddy. It ends with you and me. You know, her crazy talk is sexy, so they kiss. And then Angela <laughs> rides up and says, we, crazy too. we found it. And that's when Dolores says, I need you to see this. I need you to see the truth. This is going to be interesting what they're going to see. I imagine yeah. it's going to be some type of outpost or something that's going to... You know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder. Let him see that Westworld isn't real, isn't reality, that there is a world beyond it. Something beyond. Because Dolores is like, hey, we could win this world, but I want to take the other world. And Teddy's like, can't we just find a little corner and just live there, like a little cabin, have a dog, (laughs) maybe a kid? And she's like, no, 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 we're going to take over this entire world, and then we're going to take over the rest of the world, Teddy. Right. Get it straight. It's essentially what she says in that big dialoguing. But um, we go back to Hale and Bernard. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to help me find the hosts or not? Bernard says he will need to hardline. Okay, here's some here's some word salad that needs to be spoken. Bernard says the following: He's going to hardline into the hosts' mesh network. 
Apparently, they are all linked to the closest host around them so they can all pass information to each other like ants in a colony. The mesh networks help us keep the narratives from colliding. He then says, quote, I can use one of these to send a request from another host's location and they'll query the hosts around them who in turn will query the hosts around them until we find who we are looking for. So essentially, it's kind of like a hive mind. Just in querying on, in, on, on locations, though. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. But it makes sense. You'd have to have something built into them to have them from wandering all over the place. Mm-hmm. So Hale, reve- Hale reveals Peter Abernathy, right? Right. That's when she just drops it. In which we remember her and Sizemore going and looking at Abernathy mm-hmm. in the, the freezer or whatever. Cold storage. Yep. Um, so then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I remember right. this thing. But then he disappeared. He was missing. He was missing. Which, for some reason, like, Charlotte's just like, oh, I thought the package went. I'm like, mm, no. Right, she did. So Hale reveals that. Then Bernard starts to work on... To to starts his work with Hale while Hale changes, right? She's got some rocks in her shoes. Obviously, she's not dressed to fucking go cross country. So Bernard's hands are shaking. Uh, he connects to the host through an arm implant. She's like, Get it together, Bernard. Yeah, it'll change out of my shoes. She's noting him just physically, like she's like, "You're shaking," and he's like, "No, no, I'm fine." And this is awesome. Talk about talk about uh, uh, talk about a conflict for a main character in Bernard. He essentially looks himself up on the pad and he learns the following about himself. And this is important. Critical corruption. He is entering death subroutine. Systems, loss of motor functions, cognitive dissonance. I'm glad you all these down. Time slippage, aphasia, prosopagnosia. Time remaining, Bernard, in your life, 0.72 hours that's not even an hour, people. Mm-mm. So Bernard sucks down some neck juice out of one of the hosts on the table and shoots it into himself. This is unprecedented. Never happened before. No idea that this was a thing. And this is where my brother says, is Bernard some sort of vampire? <laughs> right? Essentially, yes. Blah, I suck your neck juice to keep my host body alive. Yes, blah. That's just interesting. Like, the why? He instinctively knows how to do it, too. This has never come up before. Right, exactly. That's what I said. I'm like, he, in my notes, I wrote like, he knows exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. This thing's back to when he felt his ear instead of blood. It was that weird little juice. Yeah. Like it seems know. to have worked. It settles him. Hale says, did you find him? And he's like, nope. He, he's trying to keep his condition, which was rapidly failing. Secret from her. Yes. I because, thought he was just trying to not kill her. And like his robot mind was like, kill her, kill her. <laughs> Maybe that's just my wishful thinking. <laughs> uh, nope, almost. Uh, something wrong. And then we hear location query complete. So he kind of gets bailed out. Like, yeah, Peter Abernathy. We go to Stubbs, Bernard, and Strand, which we're going to say is present, right? Yeah, my bros. They're at the saloon inspecting the real dead. It's interesting how all these men are kind of comfortable around rotting corpses. And this is like how we really get our, like, you know, your timeline in order is when the man in black woke up in that area earlier in the episode, mm-hmm. and the bodies were decomposing, and now they are for real decomposing. Yes. We got maggots, folks. <laughs> I want to toss something you worry. Tell me if you think it sounds feasible. These are all men accustomed to being around bloated, burning, like rotting in the sun corpses. Do you think maybe because of all the simulated death they've seen in Westworld, they're kind of like just okay with it? It's weird, right? And this is why video games make oh killers. Oh my god. 
canceling the show. <laughs> you like literally that walked right a into fucking that underhanded one. You just pitched like, it. Oh, it was like playing a softball game. Jessica's like pointing oh. over the green monster, just crushing it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for leading me right into that one, friend. Everybody knows about your extreme right wing views. I don't. Oh, please. <laughs> um, um, I don't think that Westworld corpses smell or bloat or decompose. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I know. Like, but. there's a big difference between... There's also a big difference just between a freshly dead body and a decomposing dead body. Just the smell. You think so they're just I a bunch of hardened badasses? I'm pretty sure that Carl Strand legit murders people and puts them in his wall. Okay. Like, fucking Sicario? Yeah, except more, like, not drug-related murder. More, like, psychotic murder. Got it. Okay. It's possible. All right, so poor bastard. He thought getting fired would be the worst part of his I, night. <laughs> I wrote that quote down too. That was funny. That was really good. Strand has them fan out to lock the place down. We need to find the host, he says, and find out what the fuck happened. They got an anomaly. Yep, cool buggy cars. They get to the shoreline. Not part of the original plans, the shoreline, obviously. Cost is like, this isn't even supposed to be here. We see a dead tiger on the shore. Yeah. Now- did you know flies and shit gathered around this? Is this a real tiger? I don't know. I, were there flies? Yeah. My Ooh. thought was, is this just a host tiger? And it on a rewatch, it might, right? And, and that's when Sub is like, oh, we have Bengals in Park 6. There's no way they have real Bengals. None of their stuff is real. I don't know. There are flies buzzing on it, though. So I, well, is it real? Question mark. Don't know. Oh, that could be a big era. But the Western Valley is important. All the hosts are clustered together for some reason. So they decide they're going to go take a look for themselves. So they drive to the Western Shore. And they find a sea. They do. Uh, No one knew that was there. Fucking stubs. That's a fucking sea. (laughs) 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 That's like you go out to your, you like go outside like on break at work and you're like, why is there an ocean there today? (laughs) That was certainly, it was literally a post office yesterday. Now it's an ocean (laughs) and there's a pirate ship in it. What kind of job do I have? It's like Ford made it and no one knew and Bernard's like, I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. He was busy. He was busy. No way Ford made this well as someone knowing, but we kind of know he did. Yeah, he definitely. So that's kind of just a, a red herring, just trying to throw you off the scent. They're just trying to. He's trying to hint, like, "Hey, Bernard, did you know?" I Bernard's see. like, "No, got it. Didn't know." Um, this is the part where he says there are hundreds of guests out there. They need my help. I need yours. Can you tell me what happened? Mm-hmm. And Costa points out, "I think we found the hosts." And holy shit, this is intense. We see all these hosts. In the water, dead. And Bernard says, I killed them. All of them. So Shran's probably like, cool. Thanks for doing my job. Thanks, Bernard. Wow. Did Bernard like suck all their neck juice? No. He probably put someone on a beacon in the water and they just walked drowning to death. I don't know. He did something. Some kind of hat. Like lemmings? Like little lemmings into the fucking water. Jumping in? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Wow. What a cool ending, huh? Yeah, we zoom in on a corpse, which I think we're under the impression that we think it's Teddy. We both agree. I had my TV paused on that corpse for a long effing time. Yeah, could be. What did I say I thought it looked like? It was somebody who wasn't in the show. I don't remember what you said. I said I thought he looked like... Oh, I said I thought he looked like Colin Hanks. (laughs) Really? I thought he looked like Teddy most of all. No, I mean, I thought he looked like Teddy, but I also thought he looked like Colin Hanks. (laughs) But I don't think Colin Hanks is in Westworld. Yeah. 
Um, Christina is in the chat saying, if they made it from organic material, the flies would still be attracted to the host. This is a great point. Yeah, that's And true. we've seen flies. Yeah, there's, we do know that the place is riddled with flies and maggots and shit. So yeah, I guess it would make sense. And I do think there is organic matter as part of the way they've been created. Otherwise, it wouldn't feel too good to fuck them. Yeah. Just saying. I don't know why I said ew. <laughs> it's because of your harsh right-wing anti-sex views. <laughs> I would be like one of those people in like a wild, wild country, like being like, get those. They're having sex in the town next to me. I can't have that. I can't so. have it. <laughs> the sounds of orgasmic pleasures are just too much. I saw two people having sex on a I'll bridge. Be, I want them out of my I'll town. i clutching my rosary and <laughs> saying novenas. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that's the introduction. We got cool setups. It's not it's not super confusing. They've, they've so. laid out a couple of mysteries, and I'm pretty excited. Are there any uh, listener comments on there you want to get to? I'm afraid to open my Facebook because oh, I don't want to get hockey spoilers. I, I was not prepared for listener comments. Okay, that's okay. We can get them next week. We don't need to do them every week. Um, no, and, and a lot of people commented, which was awesome, and I wish I would have spent more time looking into it. but I, I mean, you can go to Facebook right now if you want. Right. We got time. I, I wanted to go fairly blind into the episode without reading too much. I did the it. same. I, yeah, I, little, did, I, uh, I don't even read comments. Yeah, man. I read one Jason Tix and I was like, ah, fuck, why'd I do that? Why? Did he change your opinion? No, but, I, but I'm trying to be a blank slate here. Nice. Tab, tabula Rasa, is that what you call it? Tabula Rasa. Yeah, there it's you a go. a great episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's also a great piece of music by Arville Parr. I like our differences and decisions <laughs> of what we bring up for <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm excited that it's back. I guess it's going to be, what, 10 episodes? I think so. All right. Do you got a couple of comments? Yeah, well, I'll read Jason Tick since you already brought him up. Yeah. I don't want him to feel left out. All right, go for it. I feel like we can become consumed with the amount of theories while we talked about that. Um, I thought I liked Ed Harris's character last year. Wow, this year the man in black is the man. <laughs> it's great that Dolores is almost a bad character in the season, or that's how they were playing her early on. I really enjoy that. Small speculation, which is all I'm doing this year round. I'm going with it now. Bernard is a robot vampire who sucked all those hosts to death nice. with their sweet brain juice. I think I commented that my yeah, brother can... yeah, so literally said that. Which is true. That's when I stopped reading them. Thank um, you for that, Jason. Good comment. Who else you got? Yeah. Um, Craig Dealey says, so I wish I could read in an accent, but I don't know how. Um, but he's British, so just imagine it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you say so, you weirdo. Because you would probably do an accent. I can't. Craig um, Dealey, sir. So pleased this is back on. A solid opening scene setter, which reminded me of how awesome Maeve is. A couple things I liked in particular. One, the set of cards held by the security guard at the beginning, which I presume were so they could identify human from sense. Although that was buggered when Arnold was on one of the cards, which would indicate possibly no one now knows what rather than who he is now, now that Robert, no one knows who he is now, now that Robert is no more. I got myself confused reading. Two, Dolores talking to Teddy about things that walk amongst us, creatures that walk and talk like us, but are not us. What a lovely twist. Creepy. A very good start indeed. Awesome. Um, you want to... One more. Um, Julie Kodalak. Julie okay. Harrod Kodalak. Um, fun premiere. Last one packed. Rewatch is a must. Dolores definitely needs a close watch. I seem to remember Bernard mentioning most hosts who find sentience go mad. Mm. Dolores seemed a little unstable to me. I really enjoyed watching her gun down executives from horseback, though. <laughs> a mad Dolores so is a fun Dolores. I thought that was a good quote about them going mad. I thought Which brings me to final thoughts, but I want to do it a little bit different. I want to ask you a oh, question. God. What do you think? What do you think? Um, do you think Teddy's more interesting or less interesting now or the same? Same. Do you think Hale is more or less interesting or the same? 
ugh, a little more, but not, ah! not, not her personally. Just You're like love her what? In no, three apps. No, no. Uh, all right. How about this, Lee? More. He's um, ah. I'm, I'm, I'm gro- Lee's growing on me this episode. Okay. Not just because I saw his penis. Yeah. Okay. Thandy. <laughs> Thandy. Oh, Newton? Maeve. Maeve. Sorry. She's she's the best character on the show. Bernard. Also, more or less. one of the best characters on the show. He's yeah. fantastic. He's the fact that he's a host and he knows he's a host and nobody else knows he's Kicks a host ass. is fantastic he's for so television. Badass. I love Jeffrey Wright too. There's he's amazing. So much you can do with that. How about Man in Black? More or less or equal? More because, and not even necessarily anything that happened, but because I have no idea where they're going to go with him now. And I'm very interested Into to the say. depravity of hell. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm interested because I, I obviously Jimmy Simpson is, it's not a spoiler. He's credited on the season. It showed him in the previews. For, yeah. So I'm very curious what additional backstory we're going to get about the man in black. Because now that we know and it's open, they're the same person. I want to see how he went from being this adorable Over the man years. who I was in love with. To the man in black. And and I think that they can do that. And if they're smart about it, that that will be a good story to tell. Yeah. And I love Jimmy Simpson. I, I agree with your assessments. I, I'm going to give Hale a little more love and I'm going to keep, I'm going to, I'm going to give Lee a little more love. I'm going to keep Teddy right where he is. And I'm going to say more on Dolores because Dolores Same. was a, a character who kind of was getting things. Ha- she was kind of passive last season. Yeah. Dolores was like so on un- compared to Maeve. Yeah, Maeve was a much but better character season, last Dolores season. this season, Dolores is going to be really good, She's going to get some love, yeah. But yeah, I'm going to say more all around, except for maybe the one, as I mentioned. So yeah, I just thought it would be kind of a cool, different way, a different take on Final poor Thoughts. Poor Teddy. Yeah, poor Teddy. <laughs> was all shit on You should stand there and look pretty, boyo. <laughs> yeah, boyo, he is pretty. Stand there and look pretty like a good woman, Teddy. He is pretty, at least. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to get out of here. Thank you guys very much for uh, tuning into a live show. We had a blast. It's great to be back covering some Westworld action. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. Bye.